Are you a fan of the band Ice Nine Kills? What about the horror movies that inspire them? Well, if you are, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Silver Screams and Horror Scene. Horror what? Horror scenes. It's like it's like truth or dare, but you pick horror or scenes. Uh, I'll go scenes for five hundred, Alex. Uh, this scene, I'm I don't know. <laughs> I can't I can't imp- improvise a question <laughs> Jeopardy style as an answer. But what I can do is introduce myself, and my name is Matt, and my name is Austin, because I can introduce myself as well. Dude, hell yeah. That we got that in common. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like it's a like, I I like that we have a common thing where we feel the need to introduce <laughs> ourselves to a show like That that's what we bond over. Yeah. Like shared interest of introducing ourselves. Yeah, it's like you guys have anything else relatable? No, nah, that's about it. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but what we do have in common actually, besides introducing ourselves, is we host this podcast together. What? How would we end up that way? What? Well, it all started. <laughs> You're probably <That's> right. Yeah. <laughs> 11 episodes You're probably in. probably wondering. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, I'm pretty sure I know how we got here. <laughs> we did get here. But uh, this is the final episode of season one of Silver Screams and Horror Scenes. How are you feeling about that, Austin? Um, I'm I, I I'm feeling so just like whoa, it's already here. That uh, I, I it would be an appropriate time for an intro to Tim Allen grunt, as I do may feel. Okay, but yeah. Let, let's let's get it it's, going. It's, Are we gonna it, count it down? It's the no. It's the it's the <laughs> oh, oh put put in the actual Tim Allen grunt. Is that what you're saying? Uh. No. Oh, or can. Okay. I don't know. We'll see. But yeah. I'll see how I'm feeling when I'm editing this. Yeah. And then, so, I mean, it's it, it's crazy. Yeah. Think about it. By the end of this episode, you will have listened to a whole album in the span of, like, eight months. I'm, I'm <laughs> glad I'm finally able to finish it today. Yeah. <laughs> It's been, ah, oh man, I've really been milking this album, I swear. I, I've been meaning to listen to all of it, Matt, I swear. I wonder if there's a Guinness record for how long it took to listen to an album for the first time all the way through. Uh, and if you broke that record. I doubt it. I'm sure somebody probably had, like, like a, a stashed away album or something, like vinyl, and then they, they saw it 20 years later and was like, I'm finally going to finish this. They just listened to one song, and they're like, maybe later. <laughs> We're like, I got the side A. Later. Yeah, yeah, I got the side A, but I got interrupted, and I forgot to flip it over to side B. <laughs> or like, yeah, the person didn't even know there were side Bs. Wait, there's a whole other side? <laughs> well, speaking of side Bs of records, we'd be on side B right now. Because we're at the very end of this record. Hell yeah, we be. And what that record is, is Welcome to Horrorwood by Ice Nine Kills. In case you didn't know. Yeah, in case you're coming in on the final episode of the season, I'll sort of break it down for you guys. Oh, that might make, that, that might make sense, because sometimes uh, an app might show you the most recent episode. That, that, that is something. That's true. That is something that's, that seems plausible. Yeah, that's very true. 
So uh, what this show is, is I am a big Ice Nine Kills fan, and their two newest albums are the Silver Scream albums, uh, which are all based on different horror movies. However, I am not a big horror movie guy, so I have not watched most of these movies. And that is where Austin comes in, our horror aficionado. Hi! Hi! <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so Austin most likely has seen all these movies. Have we done any movies you haven't seen yet? Um, most of them were really ones that I I had seen parts of, but not all the way through. I don't remember what movie. Okay. I think... I mean, I don't remember how much of I've I've seen of Psycho before we watched it, but I think that was one that was kind of in that like wheelhouse of uh, haven't seen it too much. Okay, well, so yeah, what we're gonna do is we're gonna listen to these songs, watch these movies, compare them, give our thoughts, find out which ones we like best, and at the end of this episode, we're gonna have a definitive list of which songs best capture the movies. And on top of that, have a list of our personal choice of, uh, well, finally finish our, uh, our season long list of what ones of our, our favorites of each. And then we get to hear each other's as well of, um, that is true. So, yeah, so you've been keeping a list of which movies, like, your ranking of the movies, too, right? Oh, yeah, because I technically don't know all of them just yet, and you also can't really review them all just yet. Right. So, yeah, I've been keeping a list of the movies. He's been keeping a list of the songs. We're going to compare and contrast at the end of this one. Get ready for a big old swap. It's going to be a swap meet. It's going to be all <laughs> the swaps. Even the wife swaps. Yes. Swap some spit. Swabbing this deck. You better. <laughs> We're going to swab the deck? Yeah. <laughs> swab it up. Well, before we get into all of that, though, uh, I like to start off the show by asking Austin a horror question. Oh, yeah. And then I would like to ask Matt a music question. We'll see how we're feeling. Yeah, we might change it to later. <laughs> yeah. Maybe next season. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Austin, I have a horror question here for you, if you're ready for it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Austin's horror question. Mamma mia. All right. So, usually I've been asking, like, your opinions on movies and stuff. But um, this one's kind of, it's kind of an opinion question, kind of not. And that is, what movies do you want covered in the next album that we're going to do? Oh, oh, yeah, that's interesting. Okay, yeah, so yeah, that's uh, wait until the ending of the last episode is actually appropriate time to ask. Now that I'm more familiar with kind of what the band's like choice in movies are, and then on top of that, their um, their kind of music uh, diverse sound of what they can do. Um, right. I'm trying to think of some personal horror movies favorites of my own. You know what would be one that would be interesting because they went the industrial route of Resident Evil? I would like to hear them do a song on the movie Cube. Uh, that's a that's kind of like a cult classic one that most people love. I, I can see them doing a movie on that. Okay, Cube. I don't think I've ever seen that, but isn't that the one that's kind of like Saw in a way? Yeah. It's like it's like a bunch of people trapped. Mm-hmm. It's like the earlier Saw where these people are in like a – well, they're in like a room and each like wall – um, kind of basically has like another door that goes to another cube or another room, and you, they don't really know what uh, which ones has traps or not in them. 
So uh, I could definitely, and it has its gory moments too, because the traps are pretty gruesome. So uh, I, I could definitely see them doing kind of that same era, what thing that they did with the Resident Evil with Rainy Day. I could definitely see them do that with Cube. Hell yeah! You got any others in the in the old bank there that you'd want them? To um, let me think the slasher out because they have picked a couple slasher movies. Um, I do. Oh, I would love to see them do one on Creep Show. That's not even a slasher movie. That's an anthology one. I would love to see like um, do I don't know, do something maybe maybe change it up. You know how they do different parts. Maybe they could do different stories in between the song. Um, almost like a uh, I would say a Jesus of Suburbia thing that Green Day does, where they have like five parts in the song. I could see them do that with uh, something like an anthology movie like Creep Show. Okay. Yeah, maybe. I'm not gonna I'm gonna try not to give you any hints as to what's on the next album, but Oh, I'm sure like most of the um since we've done the second one and then there's been stuff like Child's Play, uh that's still making it to the sequel. I, I imagine there's still like the main ones, like, you know, of course I would love to see Halloween done. But I feel like I'm like they there's no way they didn't like I feel like there's no way they skipped that as if you're doing a theme like this. Yeah, I will. I will tell you this. Uh, us doing the second album first, they sort of got more obscure with it. Mm. So we're definitely going to be covering more of the like mainstays. I'd say yeah. on the next season. Yeah, that's what I would feel like. Um, but that's all. That's all the hint you're getting. Cool. You can't. You cool. can't. Can't kill up <laughs> too much of the anticipation. Exactly. All right. Cool. Well, we'll we'll see if we get to those movies or not. And, I uh, I doubt it, but I'd love to see them. I would really like to see that. It'd be great right? for me. For me, not okay. for you guys. I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna tell you one movie that's not on the next album that I want them to do a song about. Okay. And that is Christine. Christine? Yeah. I feel like they would fucking kill a song about Christine. Oh, did you did you ever um have a chance to watch that yet, Matt? I know we talked no, about it before. But just just the premise alone though, you know? Oh like, yeah. Oh yeah, having the t- I have not seen it, but I know it would be a great song. <laughs> I could definitely hear them doing the um like so you know how in um uh in the American Psycho um song they did uh they kind of did a little bit of the Hewa Lewis sound. I could see them doing a doo-wop uh thing um uh, for Ooh. the fifties. That'd be cool. Yeah, I totally agree. I didn't with even that. know that was a thing in that movie. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah, because the car is like from the fifties and it plays a whole bunch of rock and roll from like that era. A lot of Buddy Holly, um Chuck Berry type music. So uh if they did something like that, dude, that would be like that would make so much sense if they end up doing that. Ooh, I want that even more now. <laughs> it's like you rev up the engine. Oh yeah, and then you throw in some engine roars and tire <laughs> screeches. Oh yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking. But um, I guess since we're on the topic of the music now, uh, do you have a music question for moi? Uh, I do. I do. That's music question. Um. Matt, I was thinking, this is something I haven't put a much thought into. I know I have some really good answers for this, um, but I couldn't think of anything right on the right on the spot. But do you have any particular favorite album covers? Um, Ooh, even if you don't like the album that much, like does like any covers that really stick out to you? Okay, um, 
I will say there's this band, Bill Murray, that I love. I just saw them live recently. And uh, their album covers are fucking hilarious most of the time. Yeah. They're just like badly photoshopped shit, but it makes me laugh all the time. And the albums are great. So the, the covers do not match, but I love them. Um, <laughs> let, let me... Let me scroll through my Spotify songs real quick and see if anything comes to mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any album covers that I love. Uh, in the meantime, I guess uh, I could kind of maybe jog, kind of jog some um, some thoughts while I I have two I have two answers that I thought of instantly actually. Um, okay. Uh, one of them was Green Day's uh, Dookie. Um, yes, just be- a great one. It's it's one that I love an album cover that gives me a lot to like look at. It gives me a lot to just like notice little things here and there um, that you might not notice it just by glancing at it. You know, if you stare at it, if you listen to the album, kind of stare at it and see more stuff. That, that's kind of like what I like. Okay. Um, and then one that I think is just super cool um, that is just like it's it's an absolute classic is uh, Van Halen's nineteen eighty four album with the uh, with the with the angelic baby smoking on the cover. Oh, okay, right. <laughs> um, you know, of course, okay. there's a lot of like classic albums. You know, Pink Floyd has a lot of iconic, uh, a lot of iconic stuff. Okay, I think I got a couple here that come to mind now. Uh, so just throwing a couple out that I really like. Um, Homesick by a Day to Remember. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that album, but the cover, like. Every oh, time I see it, it makes me like nostalgic. Yes, yes, I love that. I love the color choice in that. Uh, I think people could like. Yeah, I think yeah. people outside of liking that genre um, can still appreciate that album cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's just it's nice to look at. That's a <laughs> that's a hot topic icon, like for sure. Yeah, for real. <laughs> yes, it is. Next to like Joy oh, Division's uh, album cover, I can't think of the name of the album. <laughs> uh, but it's like every Which one. Um, Oh, that, a lot of people are going to hate me for that. Uh, Joy Divisions, uh, just the one that has the disorder oh, on it. Okay, yeah. yeah. Unknown Pleasures. Yes, yep, that's what I know doing. exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I, I saw that album cover before I even knew what it was. Um, I was like, what? <laughs> so that, that's how I feel like it's Dude, the same. Same. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Big hot topic. Um, let's vibes. see. Uh, Scumfluck, <laughs> I can't even say it. Scumfuck Flower Boy by Tyler, the creator. I love the album cover for that. I have the vinyl and I keep it in the front of my vinyl. So I always see it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I love, you know, I do that myself. Not going to lie. I, I will stick out. Um, kind of like one that I really appreciate. I'll have that as the outside as like to kind of look at. Right. Um, most of Kid Cudi's album covers look pretty great. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, Definitely. Uh, there's this band Belmont. They have the album Belmont, and uh, the album cover for that is like a. It's almost like a traditional tattoo of like a dragon and a tiger or something. Like I don't know. It's it's pretty rad though. Oh okay. I like that one. Um, I don't know. I. I I don't know. <laughs> I mean, th- I mean, it's like I gave like such a wide topic because there's like so many different styles of album covers. Because I mean, we oh, yeah. we could we could talk all day on just metal album covers, like uh, just like from from different artist styles, from you know from like the stuff that like Metallica would have. Or, like I always saw like a lot of that stuff was cool, or like um, Ooh. 
Or even uh, a lot of Cannibal Corp stuff looks really bad. Or Death. Death has always had like the most amazing album covers to me. Uh, they're just always very yeah. vivid. Um, I've got another one that came to mind. Uh, Hot Mulligan. They have two acoustic EPs. And they have different album covers, but they're both like just like them and like their friends sitting around like a campfire Mm -hmm. and it immediately you see that and you're like acoustic you know like this is just like acoustic jams that you'd play around the fire with friends yeah you you, like you know exactly what you're going into yeah yeah um oh cream um, does really year uh i believe is a really good one it's always really okay it's really cool it's psychedelic it's an old one but yeah right hell yeah and then I mean you've got like the the classics like Sgt. Pepper. I feel like that's oh, a lot of the, Beatles, one of the yeah, most well known albums. Right. Covers, yeah. yeah. Um uh what is it, Abbey Road? Yeah, a lot of a lot of, like it's like oh, oh yeah. Yeah, like how could you beat that? A lot of those are like easy ones, like of course. Like how could you beat that? Right. I uh, uh yeah, I think that's pretty much all the ones that are coming to mind right now that I'm seeing. Oh yeah, yeah. I just thought I'd kinda uh Kind of asking, kind of just like a, a little bit of like a mental meditation question too. Of like, yeah, what what is the personal <laughs> favorite? Yeah. Ooh. Okay. I, I've got two more honorable mentions. Uh, every Run the Jewels album, because or, do you listen to Run the Jewels at all? Uh, I have not. Okay, so they're a rap group, but every single album, it's just like a hand pose, but like different hands basically drawn oh it's basically the the same thing yeah 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 like over and over um there's a lot of it is interesting when artists do follow a simple uh, like a uh, like a um a theme you know they like in the fact that they keep like sort of like weezer um weezer (laughs) and i was actually thinking of uh the the descendants i was kind of thinking of them too like they've kept the same uh character um for all their album covers. oh yeah and it's just alterations of it yeah yeah right that's pretty much what run the jewels does it's the same <laughs> thing but just altered each yeah. album and then uh god uh good for you by amine who is one of my favorite rappers and the album cover is literally him sitting on the toilet in like a yellow background oh that's amazing. that's it <laughs> you gotta yeah. love it <laughs> I noticed that tends to be a common theme with a lot of musical artists. Just, just uh, got to do the full nude on the toilet. I think uh, Devin the hey, Dude, man. yeah, Devin the Dude, Frank Zappa. I could name a lot of artists. <laughs> hey man, everybody poops. Everybody, even people that make music, and that's mostly where they write their music. <laughs> Trust me, I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Is that where you write music? Of course, all toilet? all the time. You're like, hey, you talk to your wife. You're like, hey, babe, I'll be right back. I got to go write a song. Yeah, and it only oh, happens. <laughs> it only happens when I forget my phone, but it's almost a guarantee. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, hell yeah. Um. Well, you know, we're about to listen to a song that might have been written on in the toilet. Who knows? Oh, we don't. I guess we'll have to ask Butzer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. We like make that like we have one question like to ask, and it's like that's what we ask. Any of the songs you written on this album, you guys may have thought of on the toilet. If you're listening to this, please go to Wikipedia and <laughs> An go object. to the Welcome to Horrorwood <laughs> album page, and just somewhere in there, write all of the songs were written on the toilet. Please, because. because you know. We sound like we're 12. (laughs) 
Uh, that's exactly. You know, we could do this ourselves, but I want someone else to do it. Um, I would like I to believe. Uh, I, I would like to believe if any song it was, it would be shower scene. That was written on the toilet while staring at the shower. Yeah, it was like, huh? What should we call it? Oh, we should do Psycho. <laughs> <laughs> right. But um, we're gonna we're about to talk about a song that might have been written on the toilet, probably while not staring at the shower. But who knows? We don't. So, <laughs> um, on the last episode, which, you know, actually, I guess we should get this out of the way. Uh, we did have a little bit of a break in between episodes here, as I'm sure any avid listeners will notice. And, uh, that is because Austin had his babies. Yep. And so and we, we plural. took a little parental leave. Yep. And that is you plural. Four of them? No, and, and that is plural. He no. did say babies. <laughs> yeah. There was definitely more than one. <laughs> right and you get- yeah so we did take a little break oh, yeah. so yeah we've had a little bit of a break so i don't know exactly what the last movie i had predicted would be today's episode all right so on the last episode i had both you and our guest doug uh shepherd guess what movies you thought would be next and you guessed last house on the left oh okay yep okay that makes sense yep yeah right and Doug guessed Paranormal Activity. Okay, so what happens if Doug is right? Do we just bring him back on the show for the later half of this episode? Uh, if Doug is right, he takes your position in the show. Oh, oh golly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He becomes the new co-host and you're out. I suddenly become but- the world's hate most hated fan of paranormal activity. <laughs> <laughs> but if you get it wrong, nothing happens. So nothing happens to Doug. Doug. That's not fair. You should at least punish Doug (laughs) for not getting it right. That's the consequence of being on the show. (laughs) Okay. So if if either of you get it wrong, nothing happens. If Doug gets it right, he takes over your part of the show. If you get it right, I'm going to murder Doug. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah, that seems fair. I mean, we don't call the silver screams for nothing. (laughs) All right, so um, the way we usually do this is I will give you the song title, yes. and you'll reevaluate your guess, you know, or keep it if you want, and then we're going to listen to the song and see if you're right and get your thoughts on it. So um, we're going to give you the song title, and the song title is Farewell to Flesh. Farewell to Flesh? Yeah, I will say, though. The two in Farewell to Flesh is uh, the Roman numeral two. So it's two eyes. So it's more like Farewell, I, I, Flesh. <laughs> Fair. Um, well, I don't know. Does that help me? I thought you were going to say like the uppercase Roman numeral. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, well, see, I would have guessed. I don't know. I would have guessed Evil Dead, but we already did Evil Dead. Because that's usually what I visualize with the. With the two. Right. Two. I, I don't know why that two is in there, to be honest, because I'll give you this hint. It's not a sequel. Oh, okay. That that actually helps a little bit. Ooh, the- and I've never seen this movie. I don't know a lot about it, so I don't know if this is a big giveaway or not, huh. like the name of it. Oh, I wonder, I wonder if it is. But Farewell to Flesh, I'm trying to think of like a horror movie that might have something with Flesh. We've already done Hellraiser. Um, I would kind of think more of the zombie realm. If you're saying goodbye, no, we already did the fly because I could see that too. Like 
flesh melting off. Ooh. Something saying goodbye to body parts. I feel like I'm going to forget it. It's funny because a lot of the movies we've done, I'm actually kind of thinking about it. Maybe the, right. maybe this is the one I want to uh, ask Texas Chainsaw Massacre again on. Either that or Saw. Maybe I'll do... But you haven't seen it, Matt. Oh, let me guess Saw. I not. Let me, I'll just guess Saw. You've probably seen Saw, but... I don't know. I'll guess that. Okay. I'm really well, curious, though. I'm re- I really am. All right. Well, before we get into it, I will say, I, I don't want this to sway your vote at all, but this song is either a top three or number one for me on this album. I Ooh. love this song. So I am very excited for you to hear it. So we're going to listen to that right now, and we will come back and get Austin's thoughts on it and see if he got it right. I better have, or I'm going to uh, make sure that, uh, I really hope Doug doesn't get it right. That's actually what I'm really most worried about. <laughs> like, well, we'll find out after this. It's the consequence of being the guest on this show. Welcome back to the show. We just got done listening to Farewell to Flesh. Yeah. And uh, Austin, do you think you got that right? Was that Last House on the Left? Uh, No. No, it was not. Okay. Do you know which movie that might have been then? Yep. Since they were talking about the fact that the lyric was, I'm the Candyman, clearly the movie was Willy Wonka and the <laughs> Chocolate Factory. It was Willy Wonka. You are right. <laughs> Fuck yeah. It's a pretty scary movie. We've never yeah, are are we watching? So I'm assuming we're watching the uh, Gene Wilder one instead of the uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. No, no, we are in fact watching Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, that is that's that's the one. scarier of the two. It really is. Yeah, <laughs> but no, no, you you know what movie this is? Yes, it's clearly Mr. Bean's Holiday. It is. No, it's no. Candyman, Austin. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, Candyman. The one, um, <laughs> I, I, I have no idea. So, ha- are you familiar with the Candyman movies? Uh, yes, there's actually, yeah, I actually just watched the first one, uh, again, recently, I say about a year, but maybe two years ago for Halloween. It was, it's really good. Oh, hell yeah. Um, and then I do know there's a sequel, and then I don't know if there's a third one, but there is a recent uh, remake. Well, it's not a yeah. remake; it's more of a, it's more of a it's really a sequel. Oh, okay, interesting. It doesn't. It's one of those like movies that's titled the same thing, but it's really a sequel or a prequel, right? I I remember seeing that like trailers for that and stuff, but. Yeah, other than watching the trailers for that movie, I know basically nothing about this besides it has something to do with bees, and I'm guessing he's like a Bloody Mary type deal where, like, you say it in the mirror five times and then he appears or something. Yeah, yeah, so, like, I rewatched it. When I rewatched it, I realized, you know, this is really a movie that's a really great horror movie that I've, I've heard nothing but praise but I don't hear a lot of people like 
giving credit to Candyman. You know, there's like, you know, there was enough, uh, there was enough knowledge about it for them to make that remake or that sequel, but like, there wasn't like a big thing about it as much as there was for like Halloween or, you know, a lot of the other movies. Right. It's, it's more of like one of those underdog horror movies. Yeah, for some reason it just seems like uh I do know people know it and enjoy it. And I mean it's like I mean yeah, it's an urban legend, but I rewatched it and it's it's a really disturbing movie. Hell yeah. Um my brother <laughs> my brother like loves horror movies uh too and you know like not a, we've seen we've seen basically enough to where it doesn't really it's not as disturbing or scary. But there's like one there's a scene in it that happens that it's like if you just it's like the concept of it if you're in that situation is like uh pretty nightmarish. Hell yeah. For sure. I hope this gives me nightmares. But um uh, before we get into that though, <laughs> yeah. uh what did you think of the song? Oh, love the song. Love the song. Um it was uh I, I really didn't know what to make of it at first. Um but uh, like, as in for what the movie was based off the song. Um, but I did notice that the like the beginning part of the piano was very similar to what the uh, the music is like in it. Okay. And you know, of course, there's mentions about the mirror and uh, be, being in the mirror. That was kind of like my dead giveaway before um, before it straight up saying I'm the candy man. <laughs> right. But uh, I did like when the uh, the guitar actually kicked in. I thought the song was going to be kind of like a. Um, kind of like a softer song and then uh like the guitars kicked in uh like the finger tapping and like the verse oh oh yeah it gets uh, heavy. and then i re- <laughs> yeah yeah and then i really love uh when they do the moment to do the flight of the bumblebee yes i am so glad you picked up on that yeah they yeah they fucking <laughs> threw flight of the bumblebee in this song like yeah they were like yeah we gotta like we're gonna i like the only the the better the like the only thing they could have done from there is just having like Bumblebee from Transformers be in the <laughs> right. song as well. Well, like, <laughs> uh, I'm not. Did you notice like all the B sounds in the background and stuff? Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do. I do enjoy that. That's what I like about uh, that and shower scene. Um, having the atmospheric uh, sound effects. Oh yeah. Being able to go in into it with it. Um, uh, hip to be scared is like that too. Uh, you get a lot of the uh, a lot of ambient sounds at the very beginning, right? Um, and then, uh, I, uh, as for like the actual sounding of the song, though, I do love that it has like the funeral derangement style vocals um, through it, kind of um, not just the tone and voice, but like the actual kind of like um, pitch that's in it. Uh, right. I love the opera vocals. Uh, that's after saying "I'm the Candyman" and right before. Um, saying that the mirror mirror is always inside towards the end of the song. Oh, it's kind of yeah. like the choir vocals. I do love that. It kind of reminds me of, um, what is the cabin fever song? Uh, Oh yeah. Rash decision. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of that. in the, um, the part in that song. Oh yeah. So, um, awesome, dude. I'm glad you liked it. Like I said, this is probably a top three, if not my favorite song off the album. Like I, I never skip this one. No matter if it comes up on my phone or what, I'm like, fuck yeah. (laughs) So usually while we're listening to the song, I'll write down my three favorite moments. Um, I wrote down seven. So I'm going to, I'm going to cut those back or maybe just not. Yeah. Only a couple. Yeah. Or maybe (laughs) I just won't really expand on them much, but uh, this is what I have for my favorite moments. Uh, 
some of them we already sort of covered. So um, I love the intro with the piano and the vocals. You know, they both like, it sounds so nice. You know, like you don't expect Mm -hmm. what's going to happen. Yeah. Which is it gets fucking abruptly super heavy. Um, that is my second moment <laughs> is the abruptness of that. And then, uh, I love the chorus on this song. I think it's one of the best choruses they have. Like the left to die under the sun. <laughs> like, yeah, it definitely has that um kind of uh, symphony style uh, writing, as if it was like composed, uh, just like the the uh, the melody of it. Yeah, it's almost like theatrical, you know, more more so than some of the other yeah. songs on this. Yeah, and it really it it really you're gonna see that it's actually really appropriate to the movie. So I, I'm gonna be. Uh, um, expecting you to to see how much you think about like how well this captures the sound of the movie. dude. I, the, I'm excited to find out this. Honestly, I think yeah, it's I think this was the song that gave me this idea for this podcast because I was like, dude, I love this song really, and I've really. never seen this movie. I was like, I should check it out, and then it just spawned into this. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> it's it, it has this cool thing of like old fashioned 1800s feel with like a modern day. Uh, inner city, like, ghetto area. Like, it, it, it blends, like, those two... It has its own, like, atmosphere to it. Right. And then, um, so some other things I love, the, uh, the little breakdown, the mirror, the mirror, I'm always inside. You know, like, leading up into that solo with the Flight of the Bumblebee interpolation. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it just works so well. It gets me so fucking hot. Oh, yeah. I'm going to crash my car when I listen to this. <laughs> yeah, it's a very good uh, composition of, um, you know, of setting up the song, you know. Yeah. It's like, it's like you can have all these parts you want, but if you compose it just right between, like, this part after this part, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Speaking of that, my next thing is uh, the bridge, the part where it sort of pulls back. And it's just him singing, you know, and it's like the, you're sweet on me, honey, forever. And then it gets back into the heaviness. Uh, I love that. I, I love the bridge of this song. You're sweet on me, honey, forever. My queen bee and me together. Um, and then honestly, just the way they end this song, the drums are crazy at the end, and then it goes into those uh screams where like mm-hmm. I I 
a lot of albums will end on like, you know, like a fade out or something like Ex Mortis did. And I'm glad that this song makes the album just end on like a super heavy fucking scream and to just be noises. Yeah, like, get, yeah, it's 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 like a, you know, it's kind of cool because it's it's kind of like I hear it as like it's wrapping up the the story of the album, like, almost like it's like a epic ending to a, a theater uh, play, theatrical play. Yeah, yeah, uh, along with the with the tone with the tone of that. So that's that's actually really cool. I like that. But yeah, I mean, those are those are my favorite little bits and pieces I picked out, but. Honestly, I could throw most of that song on this list and just be like, I like this part and this part and this part. Yeah. It's like, you know what? My favorite part was honestly, Matt, you only had one favorite part and that was from the start and then the end. Yeah, pretty much. With this song, yeah. Like like I said, I fucking love this song. Uh, So don't be surprised if this is high up, if not number one at the end for my list of songs. But, um... Yeah, so I guess that's going to do it for the first half of this here. And now it's time for us to watch Candyman. And I am so fucking excited for this. Hell yeah. Me too. Like I said, it's, it's a really good... I'm glad we're ending this with a really good one that it's like... I could, I could watch this again. I could watch this a couple times. Dude, nice. Just because it's... uh. It's, it's, it's weird. It's, uh, it's like a slasher movie, but then it also has the supernaturalness to it and it has the urban legend story that kind of, kind of like hits that little spooky part of your mind, uh, where you kind of fill in the gaps and, uh, and then somehow they squeeze like a weird, like history love story in there. Hell yeah. Um, quick question. Do you think because of this movie, I will either be scared of bees or mirrors. No, no, maybe not mirrors. You would definitely be afraid of sketchy neighborhoods. Probably okay. more often abandoned, abandoned buildings, even if that's in a nicer area. Um, uh, what else would you be afraid of? Maybe walking to a parking garage by yourself. I mean, that, bo- that both of these things there. are already pretty intimidating that. things, to be honest. Yeah, all these phobias. <laughs> oh, if you if you have those phobias where you're afraid to think that you're crazy, and then that like things are like not adding up, right? Like those kind of stories. Yeah, if you have a phobia of being trapped in one of those, yeah, that might kick in. Well, hell yeah! I hope this movie scares the ever living shit out of me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and public bathrooms. Yeah, definitely public bathrooms. Yeah. Aside from the mirror. That's the scariest thing out there, man. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even need a movie for that. You ever had to poop in public? Terrifying. Uh, yeah. uh-huh. And then you only had the handicap stall left, and then you didn't want to feel like a jackass. <laughs> well, alrighty, man. I am so excited for this. Uh, we are going to watch Candyman and come back and get our thoughts on it. And. Go from there. And then we'll, yeah, and then start to give us some of our list. I hope you guys are ready for an earful this episode. <laughs> Probably. I don't think it'll be as long Damn. as the last Damn. episode, but it, it might get close. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Alrighty. Well, wrapping it up. <laughs> well, we're going to watch that and we'll be right back. 
welcome back to the show. We just got done watching Candyman from 1992. Uh, my very first time watching this. Austin's not very first time watching it. Nope. Nope. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, d- did you enjoy your rewatch, though? You know what? Yeah, because I think the more I watch this movie, the more I kind of see it as, like, not straightforward. It's kind of, like, a little artistic. Uh, oh, yeah. I think there's, like, more things I pick up on the movie every time I watch it. It's kind of one of those ones. Right. So, like, like what kind of things were you picking up on that you didn't before? Um, There's a lot of... Hmm, I'm trying to, like, think of something that's not... It's not really, like, little, like, uh, cameos or anything like that. It's more, like, more things to think about, like, with the plot Okay. Stuff. But I'll, I'll get there once we go, once we do our rundown. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, um, yeah, I guess, should we just get into the rundown, then? Um, yeah, why not? I, I, I think there's a lot of stuff I want to say about it in general, not, not tied to the plot, but I think, I think that'll be more for afterwards. Right. Okay. Well, yeah. Let's let's give him a little rundown then. All right. All right. This is our last rundown of the season. That's true. We gotta and make it a good one. Yeah, I gotta. Ooh, I do. Oh man, I didn't. I didn't hype overhype myself. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. Um. So going with Candyman. Yes. Uh. Actually, but you know, before we start. How much have you known yeah. about the movie beforehand? I don't think we I don't think we talked about this before the break. Um I really didn't know a lot about this movie. I I knew there was a remake that came out like a couple years back that Jordan Peele produced. Mm-hmm. Um I knew it had something to do with like saying his name in the mirror. Yeah. And I knew from the song there were bees involved somehow. Oh, but, yeah, yeah, that's but, right. Oh, but I think that's about it. Um, so I love, uh, how about, how about anything with like the Candyman thing? Was that, was it something like, you're like, oh yeah, I've heard of that, but the Bloody Mary, uh, thing. I mean, I, I, I've definitely like heard of the Bloody Mary legend and all that, but I never like, I don't know, like nobody ever came up to me as a kid and was like, go see Candyman in the mirror, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Okay. Yeah. Um. You know, I don't think any kid is either. I think the only knowledge I had of Candyman was from the movie, so I always thought that, like, it was always Bloody Mary, and then the movie just came out, and it was like, oh, okay, you're just kind of taking on that. Uh, yeah, it pretty much does. We'll we'll get to that in a bit. I've got some trivia about that. Um, so first off, uh, we start this movie off in Chicago. I really like the opening shot on this, because it's like a straight-down view. Uh, oh, yeah, like, like the aerial the- shot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So we start off the movie with being told about this girl and her boyfriend and how um, I believe the girl already has a boyfriend, but she's got a bad boy that comes over while she's uh, she's not babysitting, is she? Um, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, So, uh, funny enough, the bad boy is Ted Raimi, if you didn't know. <laughs> I thought that was a funny I was cameo. Wondering how I recognize that guy, but okay. yeah, yeah, it's the Raimi eyes. They always look tired, like Vince Vaughn, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, so, uh, so uh, the girl mentions to him about how you say Candyman five times in a mirror, 
that he shows up. And so she goes in the bathroom and says it while he's downstairs. And uh, basically, a uh, man with the hook comes in and kills her. And he witnesses it, and it drives allegedly drives the guy crazy to where his hair turns white. So then we cut away to a college in Chicago, and we're introduced to Helen and Bernadette, who are asking some uh, freshmen uh, about basically kind of what, like, urban legend stuff that they've heard of, as in kind of doing a research. So you kind of think to yourself at first, like, oh, all right, these must be college students of themselves. Uh, but then later we find out Helen is actually married to one of the professors there who is talking about superstitions. And she gets upset, and then what you find out is that she's actually doing uh, research for the future freshmen that are going to end up taking the class. Um, and they talk about stuff like, you know, uh, like the old urban legends of, I think it's like the alligator in the sewers and how that origin is. And they're basically just questioning how urban legends start. Um, so while Helen is doing, uh, she's transcribing her, um, her reports, uh, one of the janitors overhears that she's talking about the legend of Candyman. And she happens to know a fellow working lady who knows somebody that worked, um, that knows a thing or two about Candyman. And she gets referred to, um... Matt, do you remember the name of the apartments? It's like Calibri Green. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Uh, Cabrini Green. That's the name of the place. Okay, yeah. Um, so, uh, so she gets referred to this apartment. And what it is, it's actually like a public housing project, or also known as the Projects. It's a government, like, uh, like a government building um, right. where a woman is allegedly killed by Candyman. So there's a, she's basically told about how... Uh, a lady was there, and she heard, like, somebody trying to break into her cabinet, of her medicine cabinet, uh, that her neighbor's next door was, and she called the police twice, and they never came, um, and meanwhile, they eventually came, and, like, um, they found her dead, and that, uh, somebody must have busted in and killed her. So then Helen then explains to Bernadette that the building she is in now was formerly, uh, was, uh, also a pro a housing project like that and uh later was turned cheaply into an actual apartment building um to where the medicine cabinets are like a thin space between the rooms or uh, the apartment rooms where um she like kind of hopes that it explains the murder because she opens up her cabinet and shows that it's just an emptied out hall uh room so right. they um, so they decide while doing this that uh, they're going to say Candyman five times themselves, you know, just, just because you know. it's just a wild girl's night. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, you know, so they decide to show up to the, uh, to the project building where this murder allegedly happened or not where it did happen, but, uh, allegedly Candyman was that. Um, so of course, you know, it's pretty sketchy. Uh, it's the projects, you know, there's, there's, a there's a, you know, a thing about that for a reason. And, uh, and a, <laughs> so like, to me, that's where kind of like the horror kind of kicks in. Cause it kind of feels like a horror movie where you go in the woods or a haunted house and you're like, Oh no, don't get in there. But it's kind of like a more of a realistic scenario of, I shouldn't be anywhere near here. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I feel like this movie did such a good job of blending like paranormal horror with like real life 
horror, you know, things that would freak people out. Yeah, because a lot of people go, oh, I would never go in the out in the middle of nowhere in the woods, or I would never go to, like, a haunted house. But it's like, well, you could be in, accidentally wind up in the bad parts of a city that you live in. Right. <laughs> um, and then so Helen climbs inside. Uh, they find the, the, the apartment building where this murder happened. I believe the woman, it was named Ruthie Jean. And um, so they, they find her old apartment. They they find the medicine cabinet and it is gross. It is nasty in here, and uh, she's taking photos of everything inside. Um, she climbs in there and there's a graffiti of a man's mouth. She finds a bag of candy with razor blades in them. And then, okay. so oh. one quick thing. Yes, I saw that the candy with the razors. I was like, oh, is that why he's called Candyman? And then nothing happened with that. Nope. There was no other mention of candy or anything. <laughs> nope. <laughs> like, why was that there? <laughs> like, you know, they really the entire movie they really do not explain that part. They really don't go into a whole lot of depth of what he is or what it what it's about. But I they kind of leave I that mean, for future they, sequels. They kind of give his backstory at some point, but it has nothing to do with candy. Yeah, yeah. I definitely He's an artist. I definitely call him pa- painter man. The painting man, <laughs> painting man, yeah, pa- painty man. <laughs> <laughs> you got a finger paint on the on the mirror. That's what it. Only it's not a mirror; it's an easel. <laughs> <laughs> um. So then they meet uh, Anne Marie, uh, who's the neighbor that has a, a Rottweiler, I believe, a dog, a vicious dog. Um, and she she invites them to the apartment. She you know of course everybody thinks they're cops, but they notice they're doing a research. Um, and she kind of shows them like their baby, her baby Anthony, and then that she's keeping a close eye on him. And she's basically doesn't you know she's like basically showing that hey, not everybody that lives here is is somebody bad. You know, so, some people just get wound up here. So then we cut away. Uh, to dinner. Oh no, she basically tells about kind of her experience, and I, if I lived next to that, I'd be definitely terrified as well. Um, oh yeah. I mean, even if you just lived in a rough area and something, you know, something like that happened is bad. But let alone you believe in like a superstition, <laughs> like that's horrible. <laughs> so then we go cut away to dinner, where one of her husband's colleagues that is like a Candyman expert. Uh. Oh my god. I Bill, hated so, uh, this guy so the, fucking much. Oh, Benjamin Franklin? Oh yeah. Uh, like Dude. I think they I think they found like a Benjamin Franklin uh like what am I thinking of? Like a entertainer? Like, like an impersonator? Yeah. And then they were like, We need <laughs> we need somebody to be like an elitist. Like like a like a mm, fancy rich elitist. And then they're like, Dude. uh we couldn't find any actors, so we found this guy. <laughs> this guy laughed at one point, and it made my ears hurt. Like, I was like, I want to punch this guy. I want to go really, through my TV and punch him. You're like, somebody tell this man to uh, say Candyman five times. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, please. <laughs> so he basically fills her and everyone in about the, basically the origin. That's basically his purpose. He's, You know, you ever watch a movie like this, and then you... You see a character explain everything, and you're like, oh, and then you never see him again. You're like, oh, so you were the yeah. writer's reason to basically just fill everybody in. 
Usually uh, it's like a blind old person or something. <laughs> or an old know, lady. Yeah. And then they just creepy. kill her off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no, this time it's Benjamin fucking Franklin. I'm surprised he didn't get killed off. That would have been actually really something. It would be satisfying. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> so uh, he tells us that Candyman uh, was a slave who was actually well-educated and wealthy uh, only to impregnate a white landowner to which he had men sent after him to kill him. Uh, they cut off his hand and smeared honeycombs on his body to be stung. What a way to go. Yeah, I know, right? It's like, it's that, kind of... That, that's how I want to go. It seems kind of like half-assed because it's like, okay, you obviously had the honey idea, the bee idea at first, but then it's, it's like, you just cut one of the hands off? You just... <laughs> like, I right. feel like... Th- I feel like they got really caught up in the moment. And they didn't know exactly how they were going to do everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, what do we do? I don't know. Want to cut off his hand? Yeah. Sure. I, I feel like um, it could have been like the hostile situation where the guy was like, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I spent a lot of money on this. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Helen goes back uh, to the apartment uh, at uh, Cabrini Green to find a young woman or a young woman, a young kid named Jake. Uh, who shows, she asked uh, where Candyman is, and he knows, so uh, he points her out to this outside public bathroom, where he tells a story that um, this part, uh, my brother said was a creepy, like, was the creepiest part to him. And It is pretty creepy. It, it's, I think it's one of those examples that the more you don't see is creepier than what you do see. Yeah. Um... And it's like, this is every parent's, like, nightmare. This is, yeah, there's just a lot to it. Like, I wouldn't want to be in public and something like this happen. But uh, he tells us a story about uh, how a mother was shopping and basically told her son to kind of just go away, go play somewhere. And because uh, allegedly the kid was slow. Um, I don't know what that has to do with anything. But uh, he goes to the bathroom only... To, only for everybody to hear a violent scream come from it. Um, everyone's hearing this, and then they're all too afraid to go in there to check. So they send uh, they send this guy in. Uh, which props to that guy for stepping up because I definitely yeah. want to. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he was probably well, thinking someone's like, got to check this out. <laughs> yeah, I know. and they're like, who's got to pee the most? They're like. <laughs> Uh, so he goes inside to find the kid is gutted, and he comes out also with his hair turned white. The uh, the kid was not gutted. Oh, was it? Oh, who was the one that was he, gutted? Uh, I'm not sure, but this kid, he got his wiener chopped off, dude. Oh, the little kid, it, the little kid telling the story said they found it in the toilet. Yeah, that's right, that's right. I thought he was gutted because the man, no, Candyman, cut off this kid's wiener. Oh, I thought he also like killed. Oh man! Oh my! No, because he said uh, he said he was still alive, but that's worse than death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so that that's it's a bit far, Candyman. Um, I don't know if they explain just, just this or not. Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that doesn't happen. Uh, yeah, I know. It actually is kind of shocking once in a while when you see like a slasher villain kill a kid. Doesn't really happen a whole lot in movies, but then when it's like it's a it's kind of sacrosanct. You're like, well, what happens? You're like, holy shit. Um, yeah. Uh, 
because the thing that kind of makes me wonder, I don't think they ever explain if he, the kid said Candyman in the mirror or if Candyman just came out of nowhere and just felt like killing. But yeah, I, I mean, I yeah, guess no, we they can, didn't really say anything. I mean, I guess we can assume the kid probably did. I mean, he is in a bathroom and the kid was bored. Um, right. But I think maybe that's where, like, maybe because they don't say is why you speculate that, okay, maybe, um, because a lot of the, the, throughout this point of the movie, Helen's basically rationalizing everything. She's basically trying to find out that, like, um, you know, there's, there's an actual murderer. This is all urban legend. So maybe that's why they don't say it, um, because maybe it just could have been a random dude that just murdered him. But, uh, I mean, it could have been because of what happens next. Right. Because. Uh, Helen decides to go inside, uh, only to find poop on the walls, referring to sweets in the toilet filled with bees. Uh, meanwhile, a man in a leather coat and a hook uh, walks by Jake and uh, claims to be Candyman with his uh, group of men. And uh, they basically just knock the shit out of her. Um, and it's crazy. So at this point, you're like, oh, okay. That Lair, the guy that killed Ruthie Jean was probably this guy. Um, he was probably hanging out. Him and his goons were hanging out in that, that apartment. They did the graffiti. They probably had the candy with the razor blades. Um, that's where I was going to get at with that. But that's the only thing I could think of was like the thing about that candy. Um, right. I mean, yeah. I, I, I mean, I guess it's like the candy itself, that urban legend of, Razor blades and candy is 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 also an urban legend, like Candyman. But I don't know if they're trying to say that he does that. <laughs> like right? Yeah, I, I don't know. That was the only <laughs> part of the movie where I was like, "What was the point of that?" Right. Um, it wasn't even a good candy. You know, it was like that grandma <laughs> hard candy. It wasn't even like yeah, like, like that was like that knockoff candy that you get at Easter. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Oh, uh, a side note though, Matt. What is the what is the most gross candy that you like? That a lot of people go, oh, I don't like that, but you like it. Um, like, do you like candy corn or those peanuts? I mean, I'll I'll eat, I'll eat some candy corn. You know, I like the uh, the sugar pumpkins or whatever that come out around. Fall. Oh yeah, those yeah, are yeah. Good. Yep. Um, I don't know. I don't think I really like any like weird candies. I'm I'm pretty basic when it comes to my candy taste. Oh, like like don't get me wrong. Like the good candy is the good candy. But there's like I've noticed people over the years don't really like those um Mary Jane peanut butter kisses. Uh the ones that come around Halloween time, the black and orange ones. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm not a, I'm not big on those. I'll eat them, you know, but they're like kind of chalky. I think I've just been raised by old people to like that. Um, <laughs> I just grew up loving those, and I can't find those as often. Hey, man, I love a good Werther's, so I get it. Oh, yeah. Look, look, this is a movie, this is an episode based on Candyman, we're, we're bound to talk about candy eventually. <laughs> okay, Austin, give me your top three candies right now. Um, ooh, I'll always go with, me personally, I'll always go with the Almond Joy. Always. Um. Okay. Almond Joy, probably, uh, I really love, uh, honestly, a good, a Mr. Good Bar. If not a Mr., if not a Mr. Good Bar, peanut M&Ms, and I'm a, I'm kind of a basic guy. Uh, what would be my third one? Maybe, 
Notice this is all chocolate realm. Let me think of something in the fruit realm. There's probably something even better in the fruit realm. Because uh, I, li I do like me some grape Jolly Ranchers. But maybe okay. I'll stick with the 100 grand. Maybe I'll keep it all chocolate. 100 grand for sure. Respectable. You kind of have like a bougie taste in candies. Uh, look, like. I've had my fair share of candy. <laughs> and over the years, I, I've kind of gotten sick of some like main candy. Uh, to where okay. it's like, I, I like it, but I don't like it as much as I used to. See, I, I would have to go with, like, a white chocolate Reese's as, as number one. Oh, yeah. Or, or the Halloween ones. Those, uh... Yes, like, the shape pumpkins. ones, yeah. Mm -hmm. those, those... Give me a Reese's in any weird shape, and I'll eat the hell out of it. Yeah, like, don't tell me those don't taste different. Like, those do. <laughs> those pumpkin... Oh, yeah. Those pumpkin ones do taste different. <laughs> and then, uh, I gotta go Cookies and Cream Hershey's after that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, I put those in my brownies. Three, three musketeers. Oh, you put really? those in brownies? Yeah, I put half my um I I fill half my pan with batter and then I put king size Hershey bars and then I fill the rest with batter to kind of make brownies with chocolate in the middle. So I've done it with cookies and cream and it's amazing. That sounds amazing. <laughs> but yeah, then three musketeers, third place. Is Three Musketeers just chocolate caramel and then uh, nougat or whatever? Uh, no, it's just chocolate and nougat, dude. Or I don't even know if it's nu if it's nougat. It's like super fluffy. I don't know. Yeah, it's good though. I've always seen like Snickers, Milky Way, and Three Musketeers as the same thing, just missing one ingredient from the other. See, but I mean, Three Musketeers is literally just chocolate around like some fluffy nougat. There's no, like, caramel or and, anything like and that. And that's how you like it? Just basic, not complicated? I mean, I'll, I'll eat a Twix or a Milky Way, you know? Yeah. But, but, yeah. Love me a Three Musketeers. I mean, I'm sure there's, like, some, like, other more obscure candy that I really love. Like, I do love a Whatchamacallit. Like, those are really good. Okay. Or a Heath Bar, but, like, I don't think they're as much as my go-tos, like, like those ones. So, yeah. Right. This has right. been this back, has been back candy on topic. talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This has been candy talk. Hey, I, I think I would rather talk about candy than a boy's penis getting cut off. <laughs> hey, suit yourself, man, but to each their own. <laughs> right. We don't know our target audience, but we're hoping you're not that demented. <laughs> um so uh I think I lost my my part where I was. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Uh, Last thing we talked about was Helen getting knocked out in the bathroom by the guy. Yeah, to be so she gets man. she gets hit in the face. Um, they have a police lineup uh, of the of the guy that hit her. Dude, I gotta say, her eye looked fucked up. Dude. Oh yeah, I don't think there's like a time I've seen that movie with somebody and they don't go, "Damn!" Like, cause <laughs> yeah, it like... doesn't it doesn't like kind of show her bleeding out or anything. You just get this glimpse of blood spewing out of the side of her head, and then you just see the police line up, and then it's just a hard cut to just the biggest fucking black eye I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah. <laughs> So basically, at this part, uh, we have everyone in the story hyped up about the legend of Candyman, while Helen is like basically got it in the bag. Clearly, a man came, you know, from the other side of the medicine cabinet. You know, it's it's this guy living up to the persona here. No legend. Um, so basically, immediately after she gets out of this um, 
this police lineup. Uh, Bernadette meets up with her to give her, her photos. And, um, and Helen is walking in a parking garage by herself. And a, a coded figure calls her name from across the parking garage. Uh, he approaches her with his bloody hook, and at this point we piece together that, okay, this is the real Candyman. And we're basically told that the graffiti on the walls and everyone's belief in him is what keeps them alive. And if you think about it, Helen is the only one that's really not afraid of him mostly because, like, or afraid of doing the research or anything. Because she has, like, absolutely no faith in that he exists. Uh, so at yeah. this point, it kind of feels like this calling for him is like that she's going to be his next victim, uh, which is basically freaky because it's like this. It's it's almost like as long as people are afraid of him, uh, he won't do anything. But as soon as people stop believing, there's repent. There's like repenting that needs to be done. So like any. So either way, you're going to be thinking about him <laughs> like he ain't going anywhere. Um, so Helen, uh, after being like kind of like hypnotized. Um, by the real Candyman, uh, she wakes up to blood all over her, and, uh, she walks out of this apartment, uh, or, sorry, out of this bedroom, uh, to see a meat cleaver. So she, like, instantly panics and, like, I gotta do something. Because it's really scary, you hear, like, screaming going on in the background, and then she looks over, and it's a fucking dog's head chopped off. Yeah. And you're like, holy shit. And then you look in the living room and you see uh, Anne Marie from earlier screaming uh, at Anthony's crib while there's just like blood all over the walls, it's all over the crib. So, like, probably when you first see this, you're thinking, oh my God, like they murdered the baby. Um, yeah, I saw all that blood there and I was like, oh, Candyman murdered the shit out of that. Yeah, kid. because uh, whoever like, they chose for Anne Marie just did a superb job because she is just hysterical. Uh, oh yeah during this i mean it, it's like and, and and it's it's really true because it's like like i said she's already in fear of like you have something frightening outside of your house you have your dog for that reason you're doing everything you can to keep your eye on your baby and it's just like the worst thing you could think of happen could happen um so uh she starts yelling where is he so then that's where you're like oh okay he must be not there uh, and then they wrestle uh, while she attacks, while Helen hits her with the meat cleaver, the police show up. It's really hard to kind of, like, explain yourself in this scenario. <laughs> yeah. And um, so they arrest Helen, and you just see, like, this um, this whole GTA busted scene of slow-mo and cops. <laughs> <laughs> Every movie's got that when they arrest somebody. It's never in real time. It's always in slow motion. <laughs> dude you are so right about that <laughs> it's always in slow motion i like i didn't realize it until this movie that i'm like you know I, maybe i'll just do a trend where like every movie that has that you just put the gta busted <laughs> on the cover <laughs> <laughs> but um so Candyman's got the baby somewhere hidden oh uh, little anthony uh so helen is locked up and she's told that uh she's the one that chopped up the dog allegedly uh, she calls her husband, Trevor, at 3 a.m., but he's not there. He doesn't answer. Later, uh, he comes and he bails her out. I think he bails her out, doesn't he? Or she's just uh, yeah. like, okay, that's what I thought. Um, she can't remember anything. So they kind of let her go ahead and look at, or she goes ahead and looks at her slides from her photos that she took. 
she kind of sees Candyman in the background of one of the photos. And then so she she goes to the bathroom and then just bam, Candyman busts through the medicine cabinet. Dude, and, okay, I gotta say, <laughs> this whole time when she's in the bathroom, she opens the mirror, and I'm like, okay, so she's gonna close the mirror, he's gonna be behind Oh, her. right, then, right. Nope, he fucking reaches through the actual medicine cabinet with his hook, <laughs> and it, it got me. It made me jump a little bit. Yeah, because, like... I was like, fully expecting the, the other... <laughs> I know, because that, that thing has been done a thousand times, and it's like, when you see a plot based around it, I, I can see where you see it a mile ahead, you know? Yeah. And, uh... But nope, they fucking tricked me. They they got you. <laughs> they did. And then yeah, I mean it, it's like it, it's kind of funny though. There's a lot. There's a couple moments where Candyman shows up, and it's it's terrifying but slightly funny at the same time. Because <laughs> he tries to like right. bust, he tries to like bust through and climb, and you just see how huge he is <laughs> trying to climb through that fucking thing. Um, <laughs> And, just gets uh, stuck. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's like, Helen, come back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you almost had it. Oh. <laughs> um, which kind of like really questions me. Like, you can tell Helen's at a different thing because she's really cursed. Um, because you know, it's like, okay, I thought you usually kill the person right after, but it's like, no, nah, she's kind of screwed. Um, yeah, I when like he first framed her for like. Anthony and the dog. I was like, why? You know, like, just kill her like you did the rest of the people. Yeah, and then at this point, it's like, oh, hold on, she didn't even call for him, and he just shows up, like, you're on, you just showed up uninvited, thinking you're okay. Uh, and so, while he's there, uh, she makes, he makes her go unconscious, uh, while, uh, well, she grabs a knife in defense, and in the meantime, Bernadette happens to show up. Uh, at the door, and you're thinking, "Oh no, she's already got framed once. How many times can she get framed again?" So uh, Helen wakes up. Uh, I believe I don't remember if she's handcuffed or she's like in uh, her room. Yeah, yeah, she she's handcuffed and she's like in her bed, and they're like trying to sedate her. I think. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't cha- lock her into anything. She just like got up and started yeah. walking. Because I remember she got up from the bed and was, like, running with her hands behind her back. Like, Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah, because she wants to know, like, what the hell is going on. She runs out uh, to the living room, and Bernadette is just gutted and just bled out, and it's just horrible. Uh, meanwhile, they kind of just um, take her to a psychic ward. But at this point, you kind of see where, like, her and Trevor's relationship really slips away. So, while she's strapped up, uh, Candyman kind of just levitates over her. I mean, I- I'm really, like, going through, because he does say, like, a lot of stuff about, like, a lot of mystical stuff. Um, I just can't remember a whole lot into detail about, like, what he says, but, like, he's, like, levitating over her, and he, like, scurries under the bed. Um, and then it kind of just fades away to seeing Anthony. You know, you kind of see a shot of Anthony, and then it goes back, um... To the psychic Dude, ward, which okay. At this point, I have it written down my in my notes. I was like, I hope the baby's okay. Uh, I just kind of care about that at this point. Fuck Helen. Yeah, you're like you fucked up. You you got yourself into something you shouldn't have. Yeah. So it cuts back to uh, I know, and it, it just shows him like in some random place. You're like, wow, nobody's gonna hear this baby. I'm pretty sure his Dude. diaper's full. 
<laughs> right, like, is Candyman changing his diapers? Okay, so I do want to get to that, because... So they yeah. they cut back to the psychic ward, and they take Helen to a doctor, and you think this is, like, the next day, but, like, the doctor claims that it's been a month. I want to know, what the fuck has that baby been doing for a month? Like... I know, like... Can Candyman breastfeed? How is this baby alive? Still? Is he is he feeding him like with honey? Is he is he is he like I'm just imagining him like yelling at Anthony, like like trying to change his <laughs> diaper. He's like he's just like put your legs down, you know. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> the baby like Anthony just pissing everywhere. <laughs> Can you imagine trying to change a baby's diaper and one of your hands is a goddamn hook? Yeah, he's like trying to open the diaper. <laughs> he's he like pulls off the hook and puts a butt spatula on there for like diaper cream. Yeah, yeah, he's like wondering how long it's gonna take for Helen to wake up, and he's like, "She better wake up soon. I gotta buy another box of diapers." And then so he's he's standing in line, <laughs> box of diapers and in hook. <laughs> Just like an old lady is just like counting her coupons and change, and he's just like speed it up, <laughs> right? So yeah, he just, I just, I would love that as like a whole deleted scenes bonus feature. Just Candyman baby. All I need from that, I need him to replace his hook with a baby rattle. <laughs> it's like interchangeable. Yeah, it's like uh, I can't think of that guy's name. That's like a parody of Ash Williams on Billy and Mandy Adventures of Billy Mandy. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's about. that's what I would imagine. He just twists it off, replaces it with something else. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it would be called something like I don't know, three candies and a baby. <laughs> Maybe that's why they call him Candyman. He's just really good with kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, He's except the best for the part where he around. chops. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was that one mishap. He's like, <laughs> he's like, look, the courts don't let me have kids. Not since. <laughs> uh, so while while Helen is at the hospital, or she's talking to this doctor, uh, he shows her the clip of when uh, can't we seen Candyman levitate, and we watch the clip, and it's the same thing, only we don't see Candyman in it. He was smart enough to put on his green screen outfit. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, so Helen, like, wants to prove it, so she looks over at a mirror and conjures him. Unex- this is, like, one of the craziest unexpected deaths. Like, I, th- I thought this part is cool. Like, what you were saying yeah. about, the way they film a lot of the supernatural-esque of it, it's, like, really, it's really well done. Um, because then out of nowhere, you just see the doctor just freaking out, and you're like, oh, holy shit, what's going on? And then you just see Candyman arise with a fucking hook in his back. And you go, ah, brutal. Uh, Which, like, I wonder where he came in in that room, you know? Like, I know he just, like, appears. But, like, did he appear, like, squatted down behind the doctor? Or did he have to, like, crawl behind him, you know? uh, Right. Like, was he just in the corner behind the desk? Was he under the desk? We'll we'll myth bust him Just, like, army crawling across the room while they're talking. And he's like, he like knows. He's like, all right, now. <laughs> uh, yeah, because his escape after this is is not very subtle. It is very obnoxious because he not only busts through out a window, but he busts through it backwards. 
<laughs> which is Which, really I mean, cool it, it was weird but really cool yeah yeah like you don't see that often in movies you know usually you see I don't think you see that ever because usually you see like a somebody maybe bust through a grappling hook and kidnap somebody then go out the window but yeah it's like he's so strong he went backwards and broke it like you know how like spot team members will like swing in through a window and stuff yeah it looked like that reversed well yeah that's what i kind of meant yeah it was like reverse. Re- if they refilmed Resident Evil, that everybody doing that backwards, that'd be cool. That that beginning scene <laughs> of Resident Evil. Now that the doctor is killed, uh, Helen is set free. Uh, the first thing she decides to do is run back home, where she finds Trevor with that stupid bitch Stacy. And we all knew this was coming. All the signs were leading yeah. up to it. And it's been a month. Your wife has killed a. If your wife was allegedly uh, chopped a head off a dog, kidnapped a baby, and then murdered, guttered somebody in your apartment, I think a month is enough time to move on. Um, I mean, I'd <laughs> I'd say a month is enough time to maybe go on a date, but to move someone into your apartment, eh? <laughs> it was happening before this. Um, it well, I think for starters, if you had somebody murdered in your apartment, I think you'd be uh, extremely lucky if somebody's willing to go in there. Uh, within a month. (laughs) Like, don't worry, I cleaned up all the blood stains off the floor. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I'd be lucky if anybody would be willing to go into that. Like, family members, friends, doesn't matter. Uh, (laughs) like, look, your wife's crazy, I'm not coming over. Uh, but, uh, so yeah, uh, I really like this part because you really see how Helen is just losing it at this point. Like, she... You kind of rationalize with her, but you just see how easily she's startling uh, the college student. Uh, And I don't really remember if anything comes up from that conversation, but afterwards, um, she goes to Cabrini Green to look for Anthony. Um, I don't really think there's anything that tells her, but she basically has the idea to go back to Ruthie Jean's. Uh, medicine cabinet to go back and look in uh, Candyman's, I guess, lair. Um, so she goes in there while she finds both Candyman and Anthony. Candyman offers her to make him her live like live forever to kind of be like a legend like him. Uh, right. And I think he like seduces her. He kisses her with a mouthful of with bees. a mouthful of bees. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Hot. You ever been kissed with a mouse full of bees, Austin? Nope, but it sounds like a verse in a Bible. <laughs> yeah, you wanna be? <laughs> you wanna? Nah, I'm good. <laughs> or I'm surprised Jackass hasn't recreated this. <laughs> yeah. Um, Johnny Knoxville, this is the candy man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, they did do the, was it, the, the, the bee thong or something like that? The bee underwear? That's, that's true. Um, but yeah, you know, gotta, you could, you could do that and the mouthful of bees at the same time if you really wanted to. <laughs> so, uh, so after the bees, you know, the bees always makes people tired, um, when you get a mouthful of them. So she awakens to find a hook and, uh, on the ground and, you know, cause she didn't learn her lesson the last time with the meat cleaver. She picked it up and, uh, and a mural on the wall of a woman strongly resembling her and Candyman says it was her all along. But at this point, we kind of put two and two together and assume that she's uh, he's referring to her as the woman that he impregnated back then. 
So somehow she's yeah. either like a passed down bloodline or like a reincarnation. I um, took it as she just kind of looked like her, and Candyman was like, "Fuck it, that works." I kind of see it as a little bit of a destiny thing. Um, kind of like Destiny kind of brought her back to Cabrini Green to remember her past life or something in that nature. And then, uh, either that or, like, um, I don't know. Yeah, they don't really, they don't really explain a whole lot with that. Um, and I think that's what keeps me kind of rewatching it, just to kind of piece it together and kind of make more sense out of, like, the, the mythology of it. So, um, so then Helen hears, uh, Baby Cries. Uh, near the big oh i forgot to even implement the idea that the fact that they had a big giant uh burning pile oh it was a scrap pile um oh yeah that was outside by where the public bathroom was it was just a pile of junk that they just piled on uh sanitation commission didn't feel like dealing with it so they just let it get bigger and bigger you know it happens i i've seen it done <laughs> so helen basically hears anthony's cries towards the pile so she goes in there and uh while going in there uh jake wakes up and he looks over um which they don't really show what jake's room is but i want to know what the hell he was sleeping in like is he homeless no like his room looked looked like like, he was just sleeping outside yeah like it was like a hallway or outside like we don't really need the story of, like, why he was sleeping where he was, but it really just begs a lot of questions. So he sees the hook, and he instantly assumes that it's Candyman in there. So Jake manages to rally up a good old-fashioned mob and uh, decide to uh, rise up against Candyman, because everybody's tired of living in fear, and they start lighting uh, the pile. Uh, while Helen's in there, she struggles to save Anthony from the fire while Candyman holds her back. And, oddly, she fights back with him by burning him with the board, so we kind of have a little bit of a Hellraiser Cenobite situation here, where it's like, okay, I thought you were supernatural, but I guess now, for plot purposes, you can get hit and right with the board. Like, I feel like, I mean, I guess like we never, I guess we never saw anybody physically hit him before, so it's can't say that but apparently you can just hit candy man yeah right you can, you can just beat his ass <laughs> because it's kind of funny because it's the same thing that happens to uh is it butterball <laughs> yeah yeah and hellraiser <laughs> yeah because i remember the ceiling uh board like takes him out um yeah. so she hits him with a burning board it kind of flails him back um she gets hit with a burning board that falls down um, and she's struggling, and eventually she frees Anthony while burning. Um, and Candyman is also stuck in there as the fire burns and dies as his bees are set free, finally, uh, along with her die- also dying but saving Anthony. Uh, fast forwards to Helen's funeral, and we see a bunch of people in support for her while it cuts away to Trevor feeling real guilty and depressed. I know how his bitch Stacy can't uh, do it like Helen. <laughs> um, they really didn't need to throw in the part where Helen like is cooking and everything, but I kind of like that. It's like this whole yeah, movie the flashback. Yeah, because this whole movie you kind of see like them be off, but then it's like nice to know their their relationship did work at one point. So he tries to conjure her up uh, by looking in the mirror. What makes him do this? I don't know. And sure enough, she arrives, after, like just like Candyman. 
She cuts him pretty good while Stacy finds him in the bathroom, gutted in the tub, while she also has a knife with her with blood on it. So it's almost like she got framed just like Helen did. And yeah, exactly. And as the credits roll, we see like this melancholy melancholy uh mural of Helen where she looks kind of angelic but also sinister. So it kind of makes me wonder if she's a revengeful um spirit like Candyman, like but like evil like him or if she's kind of more of like a righteous revenge person. I don't know if they ever like explain okay. that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't really get get that, but I nice. Because I always I always took that as okay, she's the next Candyman. But then like right. with everybody kind of on her side, I don't know. But then I guess cuz nobody was really on Candyman's side when he was killed. So like maybe saving Anthony was like made her more of like a saint person. I don't know. It's something that made yeah, me really maybe. think about. But and then yeah, and then the credits roll, and then uh, everybody leaves the theater, and hopefully they don't say Candyman five times in the mirror. <laughs> right? Should we should we do that right now? Uh, do, do you have a mirror nearby you? I've got a I'm CD look, right here. I can look. At. I'm looking at my reflection in the TV. Okay. Oh, who do, I'm not going to do it. Oh, okay. I'm scared. I'm scared too. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, thanks. That's oh, okay. I don't you, have to do that. you gotta say, uh, uh, well, this Ice Nine kills. What do you gotta say? Like, uh, Spencer, like, uh, five times in the mirror? Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was trying to think of something else, but I can't. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, and then the only thing I can add, uh, for the credits, I know we like to do the credits, uh, props to Norman Gary. He was the B Wrangler. <laughs> good job norman thank you <laughs> and so yeah, yeah matt what did you think of the movie uh i i really liked it honestly like um it kept me on the edge of my seat the whole time and like engaged with it uh, mm. i was folding laundry while watching it and there were a bunch of times where i just like stood there with laundry in my hands just watching for like five yeah, minutes like you know you should be and doing I was like, something oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah um, but, um yeah I, yeah i forgot how much of like a mystery kind of it is you know it, it is kind of like a mystery you know you don't get revealed to the killer right away so you start to kind of wonder is, is it true is it not true um yeah because i mean you don't even see uh tony todd's candy man until like 45 minutes in i think yeah and and even then it's like you could almost play this movie off as is she crazy or not kind of movie one of those kind of oh yeah um but um yeah speaking of that though tony todd was fucking amazing in this he he Um, is one of my favorite actors ever um I think he's not in much movies, but when I see him, I'm like undivided attention. See, the only other thing I that I know I've seen him in is like Final Destination. Oh yeah, he's the coroner. Yes. Yeah. Um, um he, but that's that's really about it that I can remember. But I, um, I fucking loved him in this. He is, and I'm so glad we get to talk about this. This kind of goes a full circle. First episode, I believe you asked me what are my top five favorite horror movies. He is yeah. Ben in the Night of the Living Dead remake, and he is just phenomenal in that movie. Absolutely oh, okay. phenomenal. Um, 
he does such a great job of like being the good guy, but then but then messing up. You know, like you you're kind of rooting for him, but then you just see him losing his temper. You see him just fucking up, and then you go, "No, I was really rooting for you, buddy." Um, <laughs> allegedly, he was given a script by Tom Savini. When went out in the hallway, memorized like a good portion of the pages, and then came back and just nailed the audition. Um, Damn. So yeah, there's it's 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 actually funny. I should mention that there's a shot that that movie came out before Candyman, and it there's a shot in that movie that kind of foreshadows his character because um before you see him, you see a crowbar like hook drop to the in frame. So it kind of looks like the hook that he has in Candyman. It, it like predated. Oh, nice. Like a lot of people like talk about that. Like, would it, did that predict his role? Like, no, no, no. This is like two years, three years before. <laughs> right. But yeah, uh, he he blew me away in this. You know, he was like intimidating, but at the same time, you could feel his like sort of longing for Helen, not yeah. like just to kill her, but like just to have her he really didn't have to like do a lot you didn't see him running you didn't see him being anything i mean aside from like maybe the the supernatural shots that they i assume had to do with like with the pull cord and all that like you know but like right just the way he talks and it's very slow and sinister it's just so creepy and unsettling Helen. Yeah, like he's, he's just like he's not goosebumps. some big brute like <laughs> yeah. chasing people with a knife or anything but yeah he's yeah I think what helps is hell. I think what helps is the hype of like everybody being afraid of him. That you're like, man, this guy is the real deal. I mean, it's like when you see him in the yeah. parking garage, he's just standing there menacingly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Also, got to give shouts out to uh, Helen's actress, Virginia Madsen. Mm-hmm. I think was her name. Yeah, she. I thought she was fantastic too. I love her in uh, Sideways with uh, Paul Giamatti. If you haven't seen that, that's a pretty good movie. Yeah, I've never seen it. I know about it, but uh, yeah. it's like a dark comedy. It's kind of like a depressing movie, but also a comedy at the same time. Right. Um. Well, hell yeah. And uh, and also, I would like to give credit to Xander Berkeley. Who is Trevor? Uh, a lot of people that watch The Walking Dead will recognize him as uh, Gregory. Okay. So yeah, uh, I, I honestly I don't think there was any acting in this movie that like took me out of it. You know, it was all really well yeah. Acted. Um, I think well, except for Mr. Benjamin Franklin. Um, <laughs> yeah, fuck that guy. I love that I mean, they he brought did, him. He did back. good at what he was doing, though. <laughs> right? You know, uh, I love that they brought him back at the end towards the funeral, and it's like we didn't need this guy here. Are you kidding me? Yeah, like, <laughs> why are you here? <laughs> like it should have just ended with like it, I feel like it was like a, I told you so, and I'm like get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but yeah, other than that, I uh, I really like the score to the movie. Yeah, that was one of the first things I noticed. Like the theme. Oh, and then did good. you notice that the? Uh, I believe the piano is very similar to how uh, Ice Nine Kills did it. Uh, I believe yeah. th- that was also in the. I love that they implement. I love when they get they're able to implement a little bit of the score into the um into uh, into their songs because that that it's really, it, yeah that, that piano it's like chilling but also mysterious chilling. Where you could throw it into a mystery movie and it would still be. Oh yeah, 
But um, yeah, basically, I I could see this being like a yearly like a uh, Halloween watch for me. Yeah, and the, and the thing is, it doesn't even take place on Halloween. Uh, it just no. it it definitely has that atmosphere. I think it's the urban legend, like spooky ghost story about it. Right. Yeah, I I vibed with this movie. I I could see myself watching this more. But yeah, um, one thing I wanted to talk. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about, uh, when I was talking about things I was noticing when I was rewatching this, um, yeah, is that, so Helen is kind of like the first person, uh, that she, like at the beginning of the movie, she just does not believe in Candyman. Um, right. So it's, it's almost like you see when, when she first shows you her medicine cabinet, it's just, the other room is like empty. It's blank. There's nothing in it. But it's like when she goes to Cabrini Green where everybody believes it, it's like the nastiest, the ugliest bathroom we've ever seen. Like, I wonder if it's like, right. a, a, like, pun intended, a mirrored reflection of, like, Helen's beliefs versus, like, what's real um, uh, kind of thing. Oh, like, yeah. Like, I always thought that was kind of, like, interesting. Uh, yeah, no, I can definitely see that. Um, but yeah, that's, that's mostly what I got to say about it. Matt, did you have anything extra before we go into trivia? Uh, no, no, not really. Uh, I've, I've got my trivia locked and loaded. Yeah, there's actually, uh, I came up with a lot of trivia myself, uh, without even doing research, honestly. Oh, okay. Hell yeah. Well, I mean, hey, you, you, you start us off then, bud. Okay, uh, one quick one. We were talking about the, I'm sure you've probably seen this, uh, Tony, the part where Tony Todd was kissing uh, Helen with the bees in his mouth. Oh, yeah. Um, they told Tony Todd that, uh, I don't remember the number, maybe it was a thousand, I think he got paid a, maybe a hundred or a thousand dollars every bee sting he got. Yeah, it was a thousand. And he got stung 23 times in this movie. <laughs> Hell yeah. I mean, no, I'd but I'd get yeah. stung 23 times for $23,000. Yeah. I'd do it. I'd do it. And the thing is, I'm also, sure there's... you got some bees you want to sting me with? Yeah. I mean, I've been to a bee farm, <laughs> and uh, I, I was around a whole swarm. Honeybees, which that's what they look like. Honeybees won't attack you unless you do something. So I imagine, like, right. they just was so much that they were probably accidental stings. Or maybe defensive stings, depending. Yeah, so yeah, there's that. And then, uh, to me, the creepiest trivia uh, uh, about this whole movie... Oh, okay, never mind. Uh, before I get into that, this uh, you probably will say that this is based off of a Clive Barker short story called The Forbidden. Yes. Um, I forgot to mention that. <laughs> um, I I thought I had this. I have like a few Clive Barker anthology books. I thought I had this one, but I don't. Uh, I have the one that Hellraiser is based off of, but not this one. Um, it's it's allegedly in somewhere in England, and it it goes more about like the graffiti than the whole Candyman in the mirror part. Um, yeah. and a, a majority of what the movie is, it more goes into like. The graffiti that, like, uh, a legend exists. It's more of the aspect of a legend exists when you believe in it. Uh, like that. It's almost like everybody creates the fear and they create the 
they create the monster out of their fear and then uh i think i think it really focuses on the the whole mouth part graffiti of what helen walks into and it kind of makes sense because it's kind of like a word of mouth of like that's how he's created and that's how he's conjured up and oh, you got yeah. you got to say it you know you got to say the words for him to show up um, it's, like, it's like a skinwalker yeah a little bit yeah <laughs> um they don't show up till you start talking about them yeah shut up Matt. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> sorry um and then to oh and then to where i was gonna go with uh the creepiest trivia about this i don't know if you were gonna mention this matt but um the what is it ruthie jean uh murder the girl mm-hmm. the woman that is murdered in the apartment is actually based on a real case of uh ruth ruthie may mccoy which is like a mix-up between yeah. Ruthie Jean and Anne Marie's uh, Anne Marie McCoy. That was her last name. Um, who was a woman that was in, I believe, Cabrini Green, or if not, a different apartment, uh, a different uh, projects in Chicago, where she did call the police and said there was people pounding on her door or on her bathroom, sounding like they were going to break in, and she was murdered. And so that whole part of the story is true. Like that really did happen. Right. Uh I didn't yeah. know if you knew about that. Makes that makes it right. even creepier. Uh, <laughs> uh I, I did come across that, yeah. Uh yeah, that, that makes it even creepier. Yeah, I know. It's like that's another part of what you don't see is creepier than what you do see. I don't remember I looked a little bit into it. I don't remember they convicted the people that killed her. Because they were saying that like they had they they did arrest people because they allegedly had like her chair and her TV, but it just went on to somebody else after they got arrested. And I don't, I don't remember if justice ever came of it, but I'm like, damn, that's really sad too. Damn. But uh, yeah, that's that's all I got, Matt. Uh, I'm curious okay. to hear what you what you have found. Yeah, so I mean, you, you covered some of the stuff I was gonna do, but that's okay. Um. So the bees that they use in this movie were specifically bred for the movie. Uh, They had to make sure that they were around 12 hours old so that they looked like mature bees, but their stingers wouldn't be like powerful. Wow. 12 hour bread. This movie. Yeah. Like they were fresh bees. (laughs) Wait, are they bees or are they Um, bread? I'm really confused. (laughs) They're they're It's bread made out of bees. (laughs) Wow. A snail made out of bread. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so um in the bathroom scene where she gets knocked out on the wall there it says sweets to the sweet which is uh it's a line from hamlet by shakespeare oh i never realized that yeah so they have you know that that really proves to the stereotype that like you know like just because you're in a sketchy area doesn't mean that people aren't cultured okay like people have read their <laughs> shakespeare <laughs> <laughs> that's that's very true. Uh, so I don't know if you noticed this, but um, when Candyman is walking, his footsteps have no sound. Uh, I guess I didn't notice that till now because you don't really see. I I think you might get a glimpse of him wearing black boots, but his coat's so long you really don't see his feet. Well, uh, I noticed it while I was watching because I was watching with my earphones in, and there's a shot of him walking, and it's just his feet, and there's absolutely no sound to it. And uh, the reason they did this was to, like, signify his status as, like, mythology. You know, like, a superstition come to life. Yeah, like, he's or, just... Like, he's spirit. there, but not making any imprint. Right. 
kind of showing more of like him being an entity and not being human. Yeah. Um. So for the scene where he had the bees in his mouth, Tony Todd had to have a dental dam in there. So, you know, he wouldn't swallow any bees or anything. Oh, yeah. Uh, because that is 100% real. He had a mouthful of bees. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> apparently it took a half hour to get all of the bees into his mouth. They were like, all right, film, yeah. all right, retake it, reshoot. <laughs> yeah, like, cut. Like, no, <laughs> fucking keep filming. I mean, I could see that, too, because bees can fly. They crawl around. I could see where one goes, hey, I'm going to go down this hole right here. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so the director, Bernard Rose, he made uh, Virginia Madsen and Tony Todd take ballroom dancing classes together. So that way they'd have more of like a romantic connection between their characters. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, kind of like, that's weird because yeah. you don't see him dance, but then you kind of kind of develop this body language for like one or two right. scenes. <laughs> um, so yeah, so sort of like we mentioned earlier, Candyman combines elements of uh, two different real urban legends. So there's bloody mary you know like the ghost you see when you chant her name in the mirror mm -hmm. and then also uh the hook which is like the story of like the killer with the hook hand who attacks a couple in a parked car so yeah it kind of blends elements of both of those i wonder if uh it's always really interesting when you see horror movies get inspired i mean most horror movies are inspired by like a real story and usually the scariest ones are are because um, it's like I think like Nightmare on Elm Street was like inspired by a guy that was like killing people in their dreams or like not killing them in their while they he sleep. Was, he was yeah. killing them in their dreams with a hand made of knives. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't remember much <laughs> much about it, but like there was like an actual story. Like I think in like Japan or somewhere. Um, oh, but yeah, it's it is pretty crazy when you hear real. Or, like, Jeepers Creepers is actually inspired by a real story, too, in Michigan, if you didn't know that. Right. Yeah. So, um, Virginia Madsen, who played Helen, uh, apparently was hypnotized for some of the scenes. Like, they actually, I, I can't remember if it said they brought in a hypnotist or if the director learned how to hypnotize people and would hypnotize her for the scenes where she's supposed to be, like, in a trance from Candyman. Yeah. Well, that's that, that's yeah, kind of so taken another step. Like you could have just gave her a couple. Yeah, like, just could have gave her a fifth and called it good. <laughs> right? Yeah, she claims she was actually hypnotized for those scenes, which is kind of strange. That, that's um, kind of taking a Kubrick route at that point, or you're just being a little little extra. Right. <laughs> so, um, I've got two people here who were almost in this movie. So, um, if Virginia Madsen wasn't available. Uh, the part of Helen would have most likely gone to the then unknown Sandra Bullock. Really? Yeah, yeah. Sandra Bullock. Oh yeah, ninety two. I think the earliest thing I could think of her in was something like I think like Hope Floats or something like that. I think that movie was like mid nineties, maybe later nineties. Right. Yeah. So this could have been her like first big movie if uh, the original actress had backed out, and then. For the title role of Candyman, they originally wanted Eddie Murphy. No. Yeah, but they deemed he was too short at five foot nine, so they chose Tony Todd for his height because he's uh, six foot five. That is that would have been a totally different movie. 
Yeah, I can't imagine that in the slightest, honestly. Like, <laughs> just like, <laughs> like, like Helen in the parking garage, and then you just hear. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I, I can't be intimidated by him. Like Helen and Donkey on another world of adventure. <laughs> I'm thinking of like everything. No, like it's just no. It's not even Eddie Murphy. It's just Professor Clump. <laughs> right. Oh, uh, I would. I honestly would kill to see that now. Well, like aside from that, Eddie Murphy wasn't really in anything ever serious. Um, no, I mean, not that that I can think of. I mean, like I said, at that time, that might've been like right before the nutty professor, but like like, after, you know, 48 hours, the golden child, you know, so like everybody still would know him as SNL, Eddie Murphy. That's, (laughs) that would have been insane. Eddie man. Right. (laughs) Oh, he does a bit in raw where it calls somebody, Mr. Fuck you, man. So it's like, fuck you, man. (laughs) Fuck you, man. <laughs> Don't say it five times. Donkey oh. from Shrek will appear behind <laughs> you. Stallion, baby! <laughs> so, um, in the original script, Candyman's name was supposed to be called 13 times to summon him. But uh, the director, Bernard Rose, reduced it to five. Which you- I think was a good thing. Yeah, I mean, really. I mean, like, imagine... Uh, I imagine they filmed it with them saying it 13 times. Like, look, we're going to take the best five takes of you saying Candyman. We got <laughs> <laughs> right. But like, I feel like that would have just added like another two minutes to this movie or something. If they had to say it 13 times every time. I imagine that. And you couldn't just sit there and film somebody saying that the amount of times. Like, I imagine you'd have to do some kind of montage or cutaway. You know what I mean? Like. You just see, like, the camera spinning while they say it, and then, like, imagery, you know, like, they were like, look, this is too much editing. (laughs) Or you just have to say it 13 times really fast. (laughs) (laughs) It's that guy from the Micro Machines commercial. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that talks really fast. That'd be amazing. All right. So, uh, the last little bit of trivia I have here is actually about the scene I brought up earlier with, uh, his hand bursting through the cabinet. Yeah. So when they did that, they did not warn uh, the actress at all that it was going to happen. <sighs> so her like her screaming is re- uh, yeah. completely real in that scene. I do enjoy a movie when they do that. I don't think this should be a horror movie. I think every horror movie should at least have one scene of that. Like, um, <laughs> like have all the faith in your actor or actresses that they're they can portray being scared. Yes, totally. But like. To really have an authentication for your audience, at least have one scene like that, I feel. Uh, you know, Alien... Oh, yeah. you, got, you gotta have the real scare. Yeah, Alien uh, ch- chest-bursting scene. Um, the Blob uh, remake had that, where um, Shawnee Smith wasn't told that a character was gonna die, and then when she saw it, she really just lost it. Uh, I'm sure there's more examples, but yeah, there's definitely a lot of those... Where it's just like you gotta. I feel like it's a must for a horror film. But yeah, that's uh, that's the end of my trivia there. Oh. Hell yeah, that is the last trivia of the season. <laughs> oh yeah, 
as All a little right, so, trivia um, fact of ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, there's some trivia for you. <laughs> yeah, that's the last trivia fact. <laughs> so uh, throughout the season, we've been making our own separate lists. You know, I've been ranking the movies on which ones I like best. Yep. Austin's been ranking his songs. But um, for the last episode here, I also have a ranking of songs. Have you ranked your movies? Yes. Uh, this is this is it. This is the kind of moment of the whole season we've been waiting for. Uh, I've been making my yeah. list, and I'll tell you what, Matt. It wasn't easy. It really wasn't. No, because um, I put the big factor I put into this was kind of rewatch value. Because I can like okay. a movie, but then there's some movies I did like, but I've seen them so many times now that I kind of ranked a movie that I watch less above it just because i haven't seen it as much that that kind of did play a okay. big factor into that Hell yeah i i totally get that so um what do you want to do first here do you want to compare our movie list or our song list um hmm let's do the movie list first and then because we also haven't recapped well do you want to do that part first or do you want to recap on how well the song represents the movie? Um, let's let's do our separate rankings first, and we'll come to that afterwards. Okay. Um, only because you know it's it's a show about the band. I figure we kind of end it that way. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, oh. uh, yeah. Do you want me to run through my list of movies real quick? Yes. Yes, I do. All right. So, still in first place. It has been since like the second episode. This <laughs> child's play. Uh, I don't know. I just I, I love it. I nothing's beating it for me. Nothing's beating it for me. You know, like yeah, I just very much enjoyed it. Uh, and then second place for me is Evil Dead. Uh, and then third place coming in hot is Candyman. Ooh, yeah. And then uh, after that, I've got Resident Evil, and then American Psycho, The Fly, Hostel, Cabin Fever, Hellraiser, Pet Cemetery, My Bloody Valentine, and Psycho coming in a last but respectable place. <laughs> you know, and that's the thing. It, it's like, there's nothing wrong with Psycho, but, you know, because it does feel like, man, I put a classic at the bottom, but it's like, it's also personal taste. Um, yeah, exactly. Honestly, I, I don't see myself watching it again. Yeah, know? yeah. Um, there's honestly a couple of those that lined up with my numbers. Hell yeah, I'm I'm gonna keep an eye on mine while you read off yours. Um, so with my list to tell you why you were wrong, Matt. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so with me at number one. Uh, ooh, should I go from the bottom and go on top, or should I go from top to bottom? Let let's let's go bottom to top. Okay, so the very bottom. And like I like all of these, just so you know. Like these these I, I really did yeah. enjoy rewatching all of these. But for the bottom for me, what 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 ended up here was surprisingly my bloody Valentine, which my mom is probably gonna get mad at me for that. But um <laughs> I really did I really did enjoy it. Like uh like like it had its goofiness, it was a, it was like a straight up slasher movie. But like we said, I probably wouldn't end up watching this again. Uh not for a while. Um, I have Psycho above that, like the same reason, like we said. Um, above that, I have Hostel, 
I want to put Hostel up higher because I just enjoyed it so much. But um, I don't think I would rewatch it as... Uh, uh, I, I did enjoy it when we did, but I don't think I would probably go for it again. Um, I definitely but, get that. Yeah. Above that, I have Resident Evil. Um, I think mostly just because I've seen it so many times. Uh, I have Pet Cemetery above that. And then Cabin Fever above that, which Cabin Fever is a lot higher listed. If I would have asked myself before we started where Cabin Fever was going to be, I may have suspected it more at least below Pet Cemetery and maybe My Bloody Valentine. But it's a fun um, movie, though. Yeah, I'm glad we sat back and watched it again. I, I, I didn't realize how much I uh, liked it. Um, right. But then above that, uh, some people might ring me for this because this is. This is technically number six, uh, Evil Dead. Um, and it's only, oh. bec- it's only because it's the first one. Like, I, l- like, I love right. the series. I love to, but when, when we objectify the first one, this is kind of where I put it at. Above that is The Fly. Oh my god, I loved when we went back and watched The Fly. I didn't realize how much, like, I was just so soaked into it. But then I also applying that for this ranking is the rewatch. Like, I kind of finished it, and I was like, there's nothing really complicated about the story to make me go back and watch it. But, like, around yeah. the Halloween time, and I want, like, a good creature feature, oh, yeah, for sure. Um, as for the opposite of that, uh, above that, for my number five, is American Psycho. Just because um, I love a movie that makes you think, and that's a movie that does it. You, you think, right. you think, is he crazy? Is he not crazy? Um. For my top third, I have Hellraiser. Um, and I think part of that is just because it gets so damn goofy at the end of it, too. <laughs> um, I thought about, I put that in a lot of consideration uh, and the atmosphere of it and all that. Uh, number two, and I have Candyman. Uh, I really, I didn't realize how much I love this movie. And so the more and more I watched it over the recent years. And then, of course, it's like. so good. Yeah. I mean,. I don't know if I like the plot holes. A lot of things aren't explained or whatnot, but I still enjoyed it. And then on top of that, uh, of course, I also had Child's Play as my number one. Hell yeah. Uh, Hell I just... Yeah, I just yeah, we, de- we definitely had some overlap there. Yeah, I think uh, I think it was Child's Play, Cabin Fever, and I think American Psycho. I think those three were lined up with each other. Right. Oh, and then I think Cabin Fever. But yeah. Well, nice. So you've heard it here. You guys waited all season, and now we have finally heard my opinion. I mean, you guys have heard my opinion about the whole freaking... <laughs> yeah, the whole the whole. <laughs> so I guess it's no surprise for some of the choices, but yeah. Well, nice. Um, I guess, yeah, let's move on to the songs then, man. You gotta give me your ranking first, though, so I can tell you why you're wrong. Okay, I can do that. <laughs> uh, um, do you want to go top to bottom or bottom to top? Um, I will. Maybe I'll just go. I'll, maybe we'll do the same. I'll go from top to bottom, and then you maybe go from bottom to top. Okay. All right, we can do that. Because I also have to consider where I'm putting uh, farewell to flesh at too on top of this. Oh yes. Um. Uh, yeah. Okay. So f- going from the top. Um. 
I don't think as much has changed. Uh, Funeral Derangements has been number one. I fucking love that song. Um, oh, yeah. Rash Decisions is a strong number two. And I, and I know it's probably not everybody's favorite, but the reason that I have it as my number two is there's a couple parts in that song that bring me back to my from first to last days. Uh, it's more like the verse, um, but that also that choir part that happens, it gets stuck in my head so easily. There's just a lot of little moments from the song. And uh, so the third one I have is uh, The Box. Uh, I really love how heavy that is. I love the chorus. Shower scene. Uh, such a great, well, well-produced song. It's catchy. I love it. Rainy Day, just because uh, I think I love the new metal sound, and it's also another really catchy song. Uh, and then I think right under that is where I'll probably put Firewall of the Flesh. I really did enjoy it. I love them. I think what helps is that I really love Candyman, so hearing a song about it. But yeah, Matt, like you said, I re- it's another song. It's just like these, this album is really filled with some really good choruses that are really um, oh yeah. They're they're earworms, and they manage to be heavy. It, it's it, they got it all. Um, underneath that, I have Take Your Pick. That's the song I like to play when I just want to get ready for work and I'm just tired and I don't have my coffee yet. Um, it's just fucking brutal. Um, underneath that, I have Hip to Be Scared. Uh, I do kind of like the chorus to it, but I do like the how much it changes up to it. Uh, underneath that, I have The Fly, uh, Ex Mortis, uh, Worst Vacation, Welcome to Horrorwood, and uh, Assault and Batteries on the very bottom. Um, okay. But yeah, Assault and Batteries, like, I always feel bad putting that at the bottom, but I really do love how random and chaotic it is. It reminds me of, like, a Psycho Stick song, or, um, uh, or like like I said, I'm a huge Frank Zappa fan, so I, I do love how it, like, changes up, and it still manages to be catchy along, like, a lot of the other songs. But it's definitely the, like, cheesiest song on the whole album, Yeah, so I definitely understand it. Yeah. Well, like we said, like, you're most likely not going to be just listening to this, like, bl- like cranking it, like, with pride. <laughs> right. <laughs> Alright, so, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll go through my list of songs. I've been kind of talking about, like, which songs are, like, my favorites and least favorites, you know, but yeah. it'll, be no- it'll be nice to have them all listed out now. So, uh, I'll go bottom to top so i mentioned this on the last episode but uh at the bottom i've got ex mortis and then right above that i've got worse vacation and then rainy day uh and then assault and batteries rash decision shower scene uh hip to be scared take your pick and then now we get in the top five here which at number five i've got fly uh, number four, I've got Welcome to Horrorwood. And then number three is the same as yours, The Box. And then number two, I've got Funeral Derangements. And at number one, I've got this episode, uh, Farewell to Flesh. Wow, look at look, the last one being number one. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> right. Like I said, though, at the start of this episode, I love this song. Like, I, I don't know what it is about this song specifically, but it's just sort of everything. Like, it, it all hits for me. I think for me, maybe I haven't gave it enough listens to as my other songs to kind of... Like, like I've said, I'm a person that, like, I I listen to a lot about the song, and I let it wrap in before I let it... Because I can, I can listen to the song twice, walk away, and I don't even remember how the song goes. Um, 
<laughs> like, <laughs> so like a lot of the times I have to like listen to it a couple of times so that way I can walk away and then, you know, remember it. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's, that's really interesting. I do see kind of like, kind of our likings in a lot of that. Um, is there any yeah, songs, I, um, is there any songs that like, a, I'm assuming a majority of these you like, but then closer to the bottom, you really don't maybe, or do you like all uh, these equal? I mean, I like all of them, but I definitely like Worst Vacation and Ex Mortis the least, with Worst Vacation just sort of edging above. Yeah, it's kind of like Worst Vacation mostly has a lot of those parts where it's not really a song. It's more of like dialogue or, you know, or like like you but said, there's the some cheesy moments. Yeah, and then or like you said, there's some moments that are kind of cheesy that you're like, all right. Um, you know, like, like you should say, like, there was a part where, like, why did they just count in German, <laughs> like a random number? <laughs> right. Like, I mean, all the songs have their moments where I'm like, hell yeah. But, uh, Ex Mortis probably has the least amount, and it's the only one where I really don't like the chorus of that song. Like, the cold wind blows the dirt, burr. Like, I don't know. I just, I, it, it feels like, Five finger death punch ish. It, it does. It it reminds me of uh, yeah. It, it it sounds something like that where it's kind of like the um I don't know. It's really hard to describe, but I know what you're talking about. It's like that that overly fun campy style to it. Yeah, that's just that's the only song I don't really vibe with that much throughout the whole album. Everything else though, Chef's Kiss. Yeah. Well, uh. I guess let's get on to our final list here that we're making together. Yeah. It's ranking which songs best capture the movies. Yeah, because we got to kind of start it with where does Farewell to Flesh kind of fall on the list. So, Matt. Yes. Where would you... Uh, I'm curious. <laughs> um... Le- about how well do you think this song really captured the movie? Um, so after watching it, I think this goes at least the top half. Um, I don't know if I'd say it does better than like shower scene and funeral derangements though. You know, like I'd maybe, yeah, I'd maybe go below shower scene for this. Yeah. Cause like, they do mention about the mirror. There's a there's a piano like intro, like the movie, but there's not really a whole lot that really kind of like describes it. You said right. below funeral derangements, but above shower scene? Uh, no, I'm thinking below shower scene, honestly. And above ex mortis? Yeah, um, because I mean, you know, there's tons of stuff in it that you know does allude to the movie. Like, there's all the bees. There's the flight of the bumblebee interpolation. There's you know, a bunch of lyrics oh. and stuff, but yeah, I, I, yes, I forgot about that. <laughs> but I still think like shower scene and funeral arrangements do better at their job. Oh yeah, easily. Um, yeah, because like we said with shower scene, like it just straight up a hundred percent. There's like it's almost like not a single lyric is wasted uh, on not being about it, and along with the atmosphere in it. Um, this does have the atmosphere, but yeah, it's definitely a lot better than Ex Mortis. Ex Mortis, it's mostly dialogue options, and then, like, uh, like quotes from the movie, kind of. But then it's more of, like, the energy of it. It's not really, like, an atmospheric. It's a different 
I don't know. Yeah, I, I definitely kind of see it about that. Right. And definitely way above everything else. Yeah. yeah. As much as I love the song, though, I think there's just, you know, quite a bit others that captured the movies better on our list. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of ones where they pack way more into it, too. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, like funeral derangements and all that. Yeah. Easily. Well, cool. Yeah, I, I'm, 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 I'm fair with that. Yeah. All right. So- then, yeah, um, here, I'll go down the list for everyone listening, then. These are the movies, or these are the songs that we thought best captured the movies from, I'll go bottom to top. Uh, so, at the very bottom, we've got Fly, which I'm still o- totally okay with. Um, then, above that, we- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, above Fly, we've got Rash Decision, and then The Box, Take Your Pick, Ex Mortis, Farewell to Flesh, and then above that we've got Shower Scene, Funeral Derangements, Rainy Day, Assault and Batteries, Worst Vacation, and then Hip to be Scared at number one still. Man, who saw that coming? Um, Is Hip to be Squared a well-known song for a lot of Ice Nine Kills fans? I feel uh, like it is. Yeah. I feel like it's one a lot of people talk about. Yeah, I think it was actually the first single off this album. Oh, well, that makes a whole lot of sense. Well, you know, it's, if you're going to release a single out there that's like that, yeah, it's like, right. at, at least it's like we found out, it's, hey, it's the song that captures it the most. You've heard it here. Yep, we, it's we've fact. decided. It, it should be put in fact in their Wikipedia or something like that. <laughs> like, hey, the song that is most like the movie. Um. So, question, Matt. Yes. Since that is the case. um. I don't remember. Did you see American Psycho before we watched it? Uh, yeah. Yep. Um, did you kind of go into uh when you first thought of making the show? Did was that one that you were thinking was going to be not going to be it? Did you think that was going to be the one? Uh, honestly, that is no. the most accurate. No, I think the one in my mind when we started the show that I thought was going to stay at number one was either assault and batteries or shower scene. Really? And yeah. Oh, I, I was actually going to guess shower scene. Um, but yeah, it's pretty funny that like you never saw assault and batteries, but you felt like you had a good uh, idea of the movie from it. <laughs> right. Cause it is pretty accurate. It is pretty close. Oh yeah. But yeah. Yep. So that is our list. We've done it. Austin, you listen to a whole album. Oh. I watched a bunch of movies you listen- for the first time. <laughs> like- yeah. One was a lot easier than the other. <laughs> but hey, so did. Matt, I guess now I can I I guess now that I can ask you, how do you feel? Uh do you, would you consider yourself more of a horror fan uh coming after after this? Oh yeah. I mean, I've always I've always kind of like liked horror movies, you know, like I never stayed away from them but just kind of had a big uh blind spot for a bunch of them it seems like you know like ones where i've just never seen them uh so i feel yeah more, i feel and more I've cultured in the horror movie realm mm-hmm. yeah and i've gotten that there's like there's definitely been i've had kicks into movies especially oldies where i've been like you know what i'm like i'm just gonna buckle down i'm gonna watch all these you know i there's been movie series that have been like that too I think there was, like, one summer that I realized I had never watched any of the Planet of the Apes movies, and I was like, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to watch all of these bad boys. Those are good movies. <laughs> they are, even the <laughs> old ones. I do love me. I like, I, I, 
it's one of my favorites and yeah it's now one of my one of my favorite sci-fi series um so yeah and then i guess with that i feel so more educated in ice nine kills and i I had no idea what to think of the band beforehand before the show um i gotta tell you and then now i'm like now they're in my daily playlist (laughs) nice um hopefully you haven't strayed into any of the other albums yet because we are gonna No, I I've I've been good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I made sure not to look um oh when I've added a song to my playlist as we went on, I made sure to look the song up and not the album so that way I did not see what the other song titles were. Ooh, I really smart. stayed true I really stayed truthful about that. Because that's how I was re listening to them. I was adding it to a separate playlist and then to the ones I have had already heard already. Hell yeah. As we went on. <clears throat> well, nice. So, um, yeah, I guess that pretty much wraps it up for our season about the album. Welcome to horror wood. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I had fun. I had fun at horror wood. I, <laughs> I would like to come back sometime again. Well, they, they are going to be closed for a few months, just so you know. <laughs> Uh, yeah so i'm thinking we're probably gonna start back up sometime probably towards the end of the year you know but uh we might have some things in store between now and then we'll see Uh, uh, (laughs) the most cliff the most appropriate one for the cliffhanger or uh or foreshadow yeah (laughs) (laughs) so um we usually end this with me asking you what movie do you think is going to be covered next, you know? Uh, oh, yeah. And I'm going to do Oh, that. it's going to be Jaws. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm going to do that again, though. I'm going to ask you, what movie do you think the first song of the first Silver Scream album is based on? Uh, ooh, no well, since it's the first one, since it's the first one, I might have to guess what... I- I might have to guess what I've already guessed. You know, I don't think I've guessed Nightmare on Elm Street. I think I did all the big ones. Friday the 13th, Hellraiser, Texas Chainsaw, The Shining, Amityville Horror. I think I guessed all like the main ones, but I don't think I did guess Nightmare on Elm Street. No, I don't think so. Well, Because I'm going to have to... Oh, sorry. Uh-oh. Go ahead. Don't leave me on this big of a cliffhanger, man. Don't tell me that's what you're going to do. Yeah. You're going to tell me now. You're going to have to wait a little while to find out if you're right or not. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But uh, like I said, we we might do some stuff between then. We'll see. So, you know, keep keep an eye out. Keep an ear out. Uh, We might be back before season two begins. We'll see. You never know. There's always sequels. That's true. Um, there's, <laughs> so usually we also in the episode with either we, we've done it a few ways. We've done the Tim Allen grunts. We've done the ma- mismatching quotes, you know, from the horror movies and the songs. Um, yeah. I want to end this episode a special way though. And the way I want to do that Uh-oh. is I have one question for you, Austin, and I hope you get it right. Oh, no. Do you like Ice Nine Kills? Not really.
That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. This podcast has been brought to you by Very Fair Productions. Uh, That's very fair.